It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are back from the bye. DeMarco Farr, JB Long. Cannot wait for Sunday at SoFi. It's week eight in the National Football League, but it feels like week one. A fresh season in a lot of respects with the Rams 3-3 three and three and opening up against the rival. San Francisco 49ers. Before we dig into that one, D. Farr, good to see you. Good I- to see you, sir. What's happening, man? How you been? Good. Can't complain. Happy to be in here, which means I don't have to do honeydews and daddy-dews <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. What have I missed in the last week since we've been together? Uh, let's see. Uh, we're finishing up softball. Okay. That's good. Um, we're, there's no playoff. I mean, meaning we're not going to make the playoffs, and we're getting ready to start basketball. So we're just transitioning to that. Yeah. How about you? Playing out the thread. Playing out the thread. Hard. <laughs> we're going to see who loves softball. What do they say at the end of the year for coaches that miss the playoffs? We're going to see who loves this. You're not on the hot seat, are you? Oh, no. I'm the assistant, see? Oh, okay. Yeah, the other guy is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm throwing him right under the bus. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. I don't think I've ever really wanted a bye. I'm trying to think back on our time together. Like, I don't think I've ever looked forward to a bye. Sometimes we've been like coming back from London, and it's just physically necessary. But this is the first time where I felt like for the team's sake, for everyone's sake, they just needed to get to 3-3 three and three and take a week off. And I'm hoping that on the other side of this, to my previous point, that it is a fresh start, that they will get back to being the Los Angeles Rams that we've come to know and love and that we anticipated coming off of that Super Bowl championship. Yeah, I don't think a team in recent history needed a buy as much as the Rams did. Really, I mean, with the injuries and just the, the mental wear and tear, what's been going on, it's been rough. I think it's a success to get to 3-3 three and three based on what you've had to deal with with the injury reports. But I can't remember... We said after six weeks, what did you think the record was going to be? Buffalo was going to be tough, right? Yeah, I think three and three would have been below average. Four and two would have been about average. And five and one would have been outstanding. So which team? San Francisco, maybe? I know Buffalo, they're loaded. They're a buzzsaw. Which was the other team that the Rams kind of came up short against? Dallas. Dallas, that's the one. But Dallas is hard to figure. And you would think with Cooper Rush playing, you'd have a better chance to beat them, but Dallas is hard to figure. Yeah, I think we left it on the previous side saying it's not the record, it's the underlying performance Yeah, that makes 3-3 three and three feel kind of muddy. Yeah, And I still feel that way. I'm still very curious to see if the Rams' best football, especially offensively, is in front of them. Are they a group that can't get in the end zone and it's held to nine like the last time they played the 49ers? Or is this a group that's capable of putting up 30 points more often than not on Sundays? I still think that group is there offensively. I really do. If you can give Matthew Stafford some protection a little bit more than you've given him, based on what you did versus Carolina, if you can keep him upright and you can game plan uh, to your strengths as an offensive line and as an offense, I still think you're a group capable of 30 points. The Carolina one is interesting to me because I didn't, want to say that we're not putting any stock in that game I mean they're drawing paychecks too but that's about as poor an NFL product as I think you're going to get on the Rams schedule this year and they rightly took care of business but then that team goes and beats Tampa Bay and all of a sudden I'm thinking oh the uh 
the BCS ranking of the Rams is going to improve, right? The right. computers are going <laughs> to yeah, boost yeah. the Rams based off of Carolina all of a sudden. And so. Atlanta, same way, right? Atlanta was supposed same to be dead, way. and they're still you know, treading water. And, and look, this league this year is about the strangest as I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to figure, especially in the NFC. So uh, dare I say I feel bad for Brady? I do. I really do. But, you know, I hope that last a little bit longer until we get down there yeah and and here's what i'm banking on too he's demarco far i'm jb lung this is a week eight edition of rams all access for the second time this season and for the fifth time in the last 12 months it's 49ers and the rams i'm banking on the fact that in the nfl nothing stays the same Mm -hmm. right progress or regression you name it but what you are in september and october is never what you turn out to be in december and january very true and september and october let's face it was not what we were hoping for or expecting and i have to remind myself that this time last year we'd not yet met von miller oh boy odell beckham (laughs) jr was not even a twinkle in the ram's eye that was houston right coming back coming back from houston on halloween and so i'm not saying that those potential additions are still ahead for the rams i am a bit surprised that the roster has not changed significantly in terms of opportunities externally since we last spoke but those opportunities could still be ahead be it the rest of this week or even going into next week I, i think if you beat the 49ers Maybe you put the foot down a little bit closer to the floor in terms of your accelerator and what you're going for. I hope so. Hold on. Let me wipe this tear away from my cheek because when I saw that Robert Quinn went to Philadelphia, I mean, you can dream. You can hope, right? You know, he was out there. Chicago wants to deal him, and you need edge help. Oh, I thought that was a happy tear, like him going to a contender, him, nope. him playing for a winning team. Oh, very happy. Love Robert. I'm just saying. But there was an edge guy that you know has a relationship here that's been here that mm-hmm. can still bend the edge – better than most let me ask you is that is that the most urgent need on the roster i mean i know Mm. the christian mccaffrey thing was unique opportunity yeah but now that that ship has sailed i would love to have christian mccaffrey and i hate the fact that you got to play him twice too late yeah i mean it's done it's it's over looking forward if you got a week to go before the deadline so out there yeah I, i would say so i mean look at the rams pass rush right now it's aaron donald and bobby wagner and it should not be bobby wagner and then jalen ramsey Middle linebacker corner. I mean, there are about three positions there that should show up that haven't. And I love Greg Gaines. Don't get me wrong. Maybe they're asking him to be a run thug this year. But, I mean, we're going into your seventh game, and he's got 12 tackles. He was limited last time out. We saw a lot more of Marquise Copeland, but I'm with you. Yeah. I, I would say flat out yes. Edge rush is the most urgent need. Now, it may not be what's compromising your operation in the last six games the most. Right. It may not be what you need most this Sunday against a San Francisco group that's probably going to just catch and throw in two in two point two seconds. But if you do get to where you're trying to go and you do start to create some time and score circumstances where the opponent is forced to drop back to seven, hitch once, hitch twice, you do need a, a Von Miller type presence. I think come December, come January, or even a Dante Fowler type presence, hundred percent, someone that can at least threaten the quarterback, at least make. Let them know you're there type stuff. To this point in time, though, it's almost like uh, when you re-recruit your own players. The additions are names we're familiar with. Yeah. The Brian Allens, the Troy Hills, the Kobe Durants, and the Van Jeffersons. And we're going to talk about their impact Mm -hmm. on this edition of Rams All Access. Thankfully, even without external help, the Rams come back as healthy as they've been since training camp. That's good. I mean, look, that's that's the best thing you can say about the bye. And look, you have to give Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay – 
credit for at least, like you're saying, scoring 700 on the SAT. It's not what you want, but at least you can get into college. So you're 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 even. You're not below 500. Uh, but Van Jefferson coming back, and we were talking about this early on the digital show. I remember when Deshaun Jackson was here, and we were talking about his top end speed, and I was corrected. This is pregame. I was corrected. He is not the fastest guy on this football team. I said, are you kidding me? He goes, no, it's actually Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is a guy that can take the top off the defense. Plus do all that Robert Woods type stuff that this offense has been missing. So having him back in the offense, I think, is going to be huge. As long as he's 100%. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I think I'm picking up what you're putting down there where I'm taking a more cautious, optimistic but cautious approach to Van Jefferson. I don't think he's the cure-all. I really don't. I think he helps. I think he puts things back in order. But I, my primary concern for Van is, can he be the receiver that went vertical early in 2021? As opposed to, I think, the compromised physical product that we saw at the end of last season that required some offseason maintenance. Well, he's been off for a while. So the first thing that we used to say this is, as players, he's got fresh legs. So he should come back and dominate if he got back to 100%. If he is... Man, that's a gift. If he's back to 100%, if, if that knee is as close to 100% as possible, him finishing out the rest of the year, is that's, it's, an, it's an absolute gift for Cooper Cup. It's a gift for Matthew Stafford. It's a gift for the offense, period. There's just so many things you can do with a receiver like him when he's 100%. But you can only do it if you protect well. True. And, and right now, I'm, Brian Allen's coming back. That's great. Uh, Allard Jackson looks nice at left tackle, stepping in for Joe Noteboom. We'll see what the guard picture looks like on Sunday at SoFi. But against this front, and the, the front for San Francisco is banged up too. They're, they're not what they were necessarily in week four. But you'll be thoroughly vetted. And whether or not Van Jefferson can be targeted, I think, hinges largely on how much of an improvement is Brian Allen, your projected starting center, from Jeremiah Colone who True. played the majority of that game at Levi Stadium a few weeks back. And shout out to Colony. I mean really, he's 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 not his fault. It's not his <laughs> fault. And he did an admirable job, but he's just not a starter in the National Football League. Brian Allen as evidenced by the fact that they released him again and he's back on the practice. Brian ball. Allen was drafted to be that guy, but that's the guy I you need to see. Remember when he first showed up, no neck, big, wide, could care less about who Aaron Donald was. I'm going hard versus everybody. Mm -hmm. That same mentality. That guy needs to show up on Sunday. Really, just be nasty. I don't care if you get two 15-yard penalties for roughness. I mean, you have to set the tone at the center. So the one thing I hope he does is, number one, clean up that pre-snap stuff. No Communication. More, that's no been, more delays. That's yeah. been kind of the thing that everybody in Thousand Oaks is pointing to. is His rapport with Stafford, especially if you have to get into some silent count situations. Exactly. Alignment, assignment, all that stuff. Just like with Bobby Wagner on defense, that's kind of Brian Allen's responsibility on offense. And he's a Super Bowl winning center, so when he says, we're going to slide protection this way, there is no debate. Everybody listens. This is the way we're going. So, look, he and Stafford are on the same page, and you've got your voice back on the offensive line. So, Rob Havenstein can now focus on doing what he needs to do. Be the right tackle. Keep that guy off the front side of the quarterback. But hopefully, same with Van Jefferson. And I talked to Brian Allen pregame uh, when he uh, when he was just walking around the field. I said, how's the knee? Fine. How's the quad? Great. Uh, how much you miss playing? And he just smiled. But like how a lion smiles when he sees red meat. Like he can't wait to get back out there. Good. I know you have the desire to play, but I need you to be who you are and what you are. Nasty and mean. I like the way that he put it. I mean, being sidelined while the offensive line has gone through this turmoil He's like, it was watching your guys get 
bullied, get beaten up, and you can't step in there and swing for them. Like, you cannot step into the ring and defend your friends and your brothers. That's what it's been like watching uh, from the sideline. He said that? Yeah. Oh, God. See, we're on the same page. Yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. This is going to be real good. I like that. Um, Coming back on the other side, I want to step into this losing streak regular season. We know Mm -hmm. the NFC Championship game went the way the Rams wanted and got them to where they were destined to go. But this regular season losing streak, and in particular the opportunities the Rams have missed to dig San Francisco's hole a little deeper and why that needs to end here Sunday in a very similar situation. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. We are just getting started on Rams All Access. We'll talk about the defensive returners and whether or not Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Bobby Wagner can stifle San Francisco, plus the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest and four-down territory. Glad you're with us. So great to be back. Here comes the second half of the season on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. All right, atop the NFC West, the surprising Seattle Seahawks. But we'll get to that when it's time. I'm talking about the end of the schedule, December and January. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. The task this week, the San Francisco 49ers. And I know that uh, has a gleam in your eye, unlike any other week when we sit down together, DeMarco. This is hate week. Oh, It's hate week. And it's. I think the Look, fires are – go ahead. You need to know this as a Ram. This will never be over. As long as you're putting on this uniform – Going against them will always breed hatred. Even if you turn it back and you beat them 10 in a row, it will never end with these guys. I mean, this is, it's bitter. It goes all the way back to like, God knows when. But all you know is while you're suiting up for the Rams, your job is to beat them first. Period. Then win the Super Bowl. Is it fair to say that the Rams bring out the best in the 49ers recently? And the reverse is not always true. I would say more of the latter. Yeah, I mean, look, um, you, you know, both are true. You're right. San Francisco, this this current group with Shanahan, the Rams seem to bring out their best. Yes. No matter what happens. But for some reason, the Rams just acquiesced to that. You know what I mean? So I follow, I keep like... Um threads on the opposing teams right i work ahead a couple of weeks so like right now i've got a feed of the 49ers in anticipation this week and another one kind of in the backdrop for the tampa bay buccaneers our next trip right just kind of monitoring hey what's going on in their universe universe so that when we get to game week i'm kind of up to speed it's kind of brilliant by the way Uh, i wouldn't say that but uh it's just part of my pattern and since the 49ers were there at the beginning of the month yeah i just left them there um 
And so I was watching closely as they got thumped by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs offense last, uh, what was that, Sunday at they Levi Stadium. Handled, smacked around, yeah. I got timestamps that are just minutes after the final score from people who cover this team and, and are credible sources, right? I'm not saying they reflect the sentiment of the 49ers locker room, but they're saying things like this on the back of uh, the defeat against Kansas City. Well, the good news for the 49ers is dot, 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 they play the Rams next week. Wow. Defending champs. Yeah. Or uh, only bright side for the 49ers, they get the Rams next Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. See, I told you. it's It's been there forever. That feeling, that sentiment, you're playing your little brother to the south, has always been there. And this is the team that just won the Super Bowl. I can tell it doesn't sit well with you. I can't uh. imagine anyone listening who's a Rams fan uh, enjoys those articulations either but here's the root of it and I kind of went back in time because it, it seemed to me that the Rams have not only failed to beat the 49ers but have failed to bury the 49ers that every time they land on the Rams schedule it's like San Francisco is scuffling maybe their season isn't totally on the brink but it's right there it's you teetering over the cliff. it's yeah. teetering so week four of this year was one example the the 49ers were one and two they're coming off a, a gruesome loss at Denver they're transitioning back to Jimmy Garoppolo one of their worst offensive performances of the Kyle Shanahan era and it's like the cure-all it's like oh let's throw it to Debo Samuel let's run it with Jeff Wilson Jr. let's hit the Rams the way that we always do pick six off of Stafford we're back on track I go back to last year two meetings with the 49ers last year the first one was week 10 San Francisco was three and five and in a total tailspin they had lost five of six Rams got them back on track. Wow. So much so that by week 18, the 49ers are a win-and-get-in situation. And you let them win let to them get in, in the, the, the postseason. Wow. I go back to 20, more of the same. Your meetings in 2020, the 49ers were 4-6 and six and 2-3. and three. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You just have not been able to step on their neck. Nope. And if you are their biggest rival and vice versa, here's another chance where DeMarco, they're coming off back-to-back -back losses to Atlanta, into Kansas City. They are sub 500. And if you beat them Sunday, they will be in last place in the West. See, I hate that you said that now because they know that too. You know what I mean? So they'll find a, a way to get right against you. But look, I'd I don't care if they're undefeated. I don't care if they're winless. You know what I mean? You're going to have to go out and take it from them, period. And maybe it's because John Lynch is from up there and he's kind of running the football team that he understands what this is about because it's only a, it's, it's a select few guys Debo goes to a different level. Kittle is, becomes a murderer. Garoppolo can't miss. I don't know why, but whenever they face the Rams, they become supermen. So it's time for the Rams supermen to step forward and start making those plays against. Speaking of Debo, uh, as of right now, his hamstring has flared up. We'll see what his status ends up being on Sunday. But in particular, I think he and Jalen Ramsey have some unfinished business based off of the communication back and forth following Debo's touchdown. Oh, I remember that. In yeah, week yeah. four. I do remember that. I think uh, Jalen even said he's on one this week. Publicly. Is he really? That's what he, Jalen is on one that's this what week? He, that's what he tweeted. Tell me what's different about any other week. He's always on one. That guy was born on one. But, I mean, to your point, uh, Debo's numbers against the Rams, 7-0 uh, and career, seven touchdowns, 98 yards per game. He's passed four, rushed four, and caught touchdowns against the Rams in the regular Death season. Death taxes and Debo scores against the Rams. It's just one of those things. But maybe, like you said, that in the NFC Championship game, the biggest difference between those other games you mentioned and that one was Debo got hit and got splattered. Nick Scott actually you know, took him, I wouldn't say took him out, but splattered him. 
So there's only one way to do it, and you got to do it physically. Maybe it will be Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen has been absolutely violent the last three games. I mean, he has really come along, and he's been a top-flight corner. So, you know, you're going to need your your best guys to put their best game on the field. Yeah, I think that's defensive as much as anything else. We spent kind of a better part of our first segment talking about the health of the offensive line and Van Jefferson. There are some additions on the defensive side as well. The big three have shown up. I think, by, by the way, Bobby Wagner has been everything the Rams had hoped for and more. We probably don't say that out loud often enough. We tried. We tried when the Rams signed him. Oh, he's passed it. He's slow. That Why is Seattle getting rid Look, it's not him. It's what's going on up there. This guy can absolutely play. Right. Totally, uh, not totally back at safety, but at corner, the additions of Troy Hill and Jacoby Durant um, stand to help. Although I think Darion Kendrick's proven that he's a starter. I mean, are you going to take him off the field the way that he's played? I, it's a great problem to have. Lots of depth at corner is a great problem to have. Yeah. I uh, mean, because if you lose, but having Troy Hill back is, is going to be great for this defense. He's an experienced guy, a hard nosed guy, a guy you can't fool. And he allows you, at least uh, the way they drew it up, for Jalen to leverage all of his potential, which we now know includes sacking the quarterback yeah. in back-to-back appearances. You know, you said it with Benny Sko, and what did you call him? Full receiver? Full, yeah, we, we haven't totally uh, arrived at a final answer there. I suggested full receiver, full receiver, full receiver. To, to counter Debo's wide, wide back. back. Well, then I've come around to this on the defensive side. Then Jalen Ramsey is DB. He's not oh, yeah. just a corner. He plays like a safety. He plays like a linebacker. When he stacks on the end of the line of scrimmage and takes on tackles and defeats those guys, yeah, you're almost wasting him just using him outside the number. So having Troy Hill back, that is that could be somebody's number one corner. That frees up Jalen Ramsey to do a lot of things for Raheem Morris in this defense. Mm. I don't know if we're going to see the full potential of this 49ers offense because of the injuries that we've mentioned and there's a few others that we haven't listed Kyle Juszczyk for instance a broken finger at fullback but when they traded for McCaffrey uh, the the oh no factor amounts from this (laughs) you just said it well too oh boy if you put Debo Ayuk Kittle McCaffrey and Juszczyk out there that's what that's uh, 21 personnel right yes and so depends in a (laughs) generic in a generic setting in a generic setting, what are you playing? Base against that? Probably, yes. Two linebackers. But you can line up in a two-back set. You can line up in the eye and run physically downhill out of that. Or you could go empty and five wide and have five viable pass catchers, right? When, when, no what those names we're talking about. So what's your recourse? If I'm thinking the same way you're thinking, watching tape, putting McCaffrey in there. Because they will, they will come out in 11 and then get an eye. It's crazy, right? So... What is your only recourse if you're Raheem Morris? I this is you tell me. Blitz, send heat, bring it. Forget thinking, just go. Okay, well that's where I kind of get to my key of the week. And yeah. look, there's tons of keys to this game, but yeah. the one that I've settled on is well, tackling slash yards after catch, big time. Because Debo went to. Oh, the, I thought you meant for for the Rams. Yes, mean, I do. Oh yeah, yes okay. I do. Yeah, yeah. The one that pops into everyone's mind is Debo's catch and run through the Rams secondary yeah, on yeah. the way to a Week Four victory against the Rams. That is always going to be a factor. Christian McCaffrey has had two of his best career games in terms of yards from scrimmage as a Panther against LA in 2019, and the most recent time the Rams were on the field. He was great. Yeah. But I also think it's true the other way. Who is going to make a play beyond the expected yardage besides Cooper Cup? Who is going to make someone miss or run through a 49er to get the hidden yardage or even break one? 
I would say Higby. Didn't we, we were off for for tight end week, right? Was it National Tight Ends Day? Correct. But so I, he owes. No, I like tight ends week, meaning that Tyler Higby got to put his feet up because yeah. Uh, in addition to the injured Rams coming back, there's no one I wanted that bye week more than for him. than Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Oh no doubt. But look, it's you see what Kittle's giving the 49ers. I mean, the guy runs great routes. He's a great blocker. He's very very physical. Uh, whatever Kittle can do, I think. So can Tyler Higby, but the one thing that separates those two is Kittle will run through you and over you. So you may need some of that out of Tyler Higby this week. So it's great to catch a seven yard out. It's great to pick up the first down. How about swat the guy off and see if you can pick up more yards? Because that's what Kittle's doing. Mm. He's turning second and ten into first and ten and more. I I don't mean to totally change directions here, but yeah. I just realized I have to con- I have to confess I have to cop to something. Go ahead. We did a show this morning on social and digital platforms, and I didn't hardly mention a name. I don't think I mentioned his name at all. And we are two segments into this edition of Rams All Access, and I don't think I've said Matthew Stafford yet. Oh, I think I did. Protecting Matthew Protecting Stafford. Protecting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how about his just pure performance? Like, I know the circumstances around him have crumbled, but he's got to be better to beat San Francisco. No doubt. He, yeah. Th- there cannot be pick sixes this week. See, here's where I will go to my grave defending him right now because, look, look at what was in front of him. I, I mean, with- and I saw I saw a lot of quarterbacks go through this in Rams uniforms. When you know, as soon as I receive this snap, I'm about to get hit. Over and over and over again. Only tough guys, only superior quarterbacks and elite guys can get through that. Not you- only keep you afloat, but actually – Keep you winning. You're not wrong, and I'm not disagreeing. And I remember what it looked like guard to guard in week four at San Francisco. Oh, boy. Yeah. But he did still throw it to Hufunga, and that was game over. Very true. And there may be a moment on Sunday, and I don't know how many shots he will have taken, how many sacks, but his circumstances have definitely improved since the Carolina win. And I do think it's incumbent upon him to elevate the other 10 in such a way that you can get maybe to the top of the NFC West by the end of Week 8. I hope so. And let me add something more. Without a credible run game, without with with without Allen Robinson for, for the most part, you know what I mean? Let me just jam the ball in the Cooper Cup, and when he's not open, I'll throw it to Higby. DeMarco, are, are you aware of how bad it's been on first and second down for the Rams? Oh, yeah. You mean running the ball or just period? Period, but yeah, in large part because of the running. Game. It's it's it hasn't. That's what I mean. They've that's, been miraculously good on third down and absolutely abysmal on first and second. That's and, why I give that guy all the credit in the world for being able to be successful with what you've had in front of you and how your offense has sputtered at times. You've been a miracle worker. I'm not saying that they've got the Chiefs personnel. But I do think some of the solutions to the test were on display last week. And Agreed. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes took advantage of them. We'll see how much of that the Rams are able to leverage to their own advantage. Coming up next, what is the latest from San Francisco, especially on the health front? Four down territory when we continue on this edition of Rams All Access. You are listening to 710 ESPN. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. 
Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Rams All Access. JB Long and DeMarco Farr will rejoin us momentarily after Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. We are so lucky to have Nick Wagner, who uh, joins us seemingly about once or twice a season, sometimes three times a season. In fact, this is the fifth time in the trailing 12 months that the Rams and the 49ers have connected. So he's our go-to for all things 49ers. Nick, how are you today? I'm doing well, JB. How are you? Hey, let me start with this. The first of four questions here on Four Down Territory. My read on the reaction to the Kansas City loss from San Francisco's perspective last week, at least externally, was, hey, the silver lining is at least the Rams are next. Are the Rams the get-right opponents for San Francisco no matter what is ailing them? Yeah, JB, I mean, it certainly seems to feel that way. And if you look at the results, uh, that would indicate that that's true. They've won seven consecutive regular season games, although we always have to put the important caveat that the Rams won the one that matters the absolute most in the NFC Championship game last year. But there's just something about that familiarity that they have with the Rams. And and it's not just the fact that they play twice a year. It's that they play twice a year and you've got a coach in Sean McVay who's worked with Kyle Shanahan and uh, Raheem Morris who's worked with Kyle Shanahan. There's just so much familiarity that goes beyond just the fact that they're division rivals. And uh, so I think that that is something that they can kind of lean into. There's something comfortable about that for the 49ers. And as Nick Bosa said yesterday, when we were talking to him in a locker room, he said, you know, the thing about playing the Rams is, is yes, there's, there's a comfortability there, but it really just comes down to who plays the best, which uh, is it, is it it's super de- in, in depth inside, but it is, kind of just what what matters because everybody knows what the other side is going to do in this type of game yeah I think that's well said even though the results have been one-sided of late we can go inside just about every game and point to one at most two plays that if they went the other way the opposite result was possible Uh, speaking of kind of opposite ends of the uh, spectrum here Nick as I look at where the 49ers are compared to back in week four San Francisco was coming off one of the worst offensive performances of the Kyle Shanahan era the last time we saw the Niners this week They're coming off one of the worst defensive performances in Mm -hmm. modern San Francisco history. (laughs) Was that unique to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Are, Are there some underlying issues there that the Rams might be able to exploit? Yeah, the answer is both, JB. One is, yeah, it's, it's Andy Reid, it's Patrick Mahomes, who is playing at a, a completely elite level right now, uh, maybe even by his standard, which is already pretty high. But there are issues on the 49ers right now, and some of that was, you know, they had a lot of guys coming back from injury last week, which is a good thing on the surface. But it's a harder thing when they're not practicing throughout the week and you're trying to uh, kind of force cohesion on such short notice a little bit. Uh, but a couple of things that stand out defensively right now for 49ers. Number one, they lost Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, their starting quarterback, in that game against the Panthers a few weeks ago. And I know Mosley's not exactly a household name, but he's a really good player. And he was playing at really a Pro Bowl level before he got hurt. Um, and they've tra- kind of struggled to replace him. The other thing is, is on the interior of their defensive line right now, uh, they're just rotating through all of the guys who were supposed to be depth pieces. And I call this a trickle-down effect, and I was talking to Kyle Shanahan about it the other day, is 
You know, you have guys, uh, let's say it's a, like a corner, replacing Emmanuel Mosley. You put a corner in there, and he knows he's going in, and he's going to play 50, 60 snaps a game because that's just what the job entails. But if you're a defensive lineman where you already rotate and you're used to playing, you know, say 18 to 20 snaps a game, you can go 100 miles an hour on those snaps and know what you got to do. Now all of a sudden, if you're playing 40 or 50 snaps a game, you got to figure out where your wind is coming from and how much juice you can have for there. So there's, there's that trickle-down effect, and they're really getting very little pass rush uh, up the middle from that group right now. I looked it up at the, the four guys that they've had that have taken over over the last two weeks have combined for 99 pass rush attempts, and they've gotten three pressures from their interior guys. So that is an issue. Uh, the, defense, the, the run defense is also an issue. That's being felt. Um, on that, in that interior of the defensive line as well. And frankly, their linebackers just have to play better. They've been a little bit banged up there as well, but um, they've got to get more out of those guys as well in the run game. All right, even if you don't like the San Francisco 49ers, how can you not like Nick Wagner and the work that he does for ESPN's NFL Nation? We appreciate him joining us yet again on 4-Down Territory. Nick, this is never a fair question to ask on a Thursday because there's still a long way to go before uh, – Sunday's active and inactive decisions but of the long list of 49ers injuries as it stands which one might be the most concerning or the most impactful in terms of Sunday's outcome yeah well Eric Armstead is is one and then he's probably one that's not going to play he's been out for a little bit I just kind of alluded to that that he's been the guy who's kind of the glue of the interior of that defensive line and after Bosa the, the only other one on that defensive line that you would say is a a true impact player. But the other one is the obvious one, JP, and it's Debo Samuel. And uh, we all know what he's kind of been a ram killer. I mean, let's just, let's just face the facts over the last five or six times they've met. I think he scored a touchdown in every game and has been at or over a hundred yards, right in that range uh, in yards from scrimmage in those games. And so uh, if nothing else, you know, you're getting one or two impact plays from him a game. Every time they play the Rams, it seems like he's dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, hasn't practiced so far this week. We'll kind of have to wait and see uh, what the situation is there. And the other factor there is, too, they have the bye coming up after this game against the Rams. So if they think it's something where he could make it worse, uh, you know, you might want to hold him out knowing that he's going to have that extra week and be fine following that. So uh, those are the two big ones. The, the Eric Armstead one is kind of settled. The Debo Samuel one is more up in the air. But I know uh, I'm sure Rams fans would be happy to see Debo take a week off this week. Yeah, final question for Nick Wagner here. And this is a concept that I've tried to been our, able to articulate and to kind of wrap our minds around. It's not just the regular season losing streak, Nick. It's the opportunities that the Niners uh, or that the, the Rams have missed in terms of burying the 49ers, right? So often when mm-hmm. these teams collide, the season in San Francisco is kind of on the brink, and it feels like here's yet yeah. another moment where, like, okay, it's only October, right? So if the Niners lose on yeah. Sunday, maybe they're in last place. They're three and five. They've dropped three in a row. Their year is not over. But what would it feel like? What might the sentiment be in San Francisco if the Rams are able to finally get the Niners down? Yeah, JP, it's actually uh, they have experience with this uh, because just a year ago, the 49ers lost in week eight to the Arizona Cardinals and dropped to three and five. And they got absolutely destroyed in that game. And the Cardinals came in. I think Colt McCoy was playing quarterback. They had a bunch of injuries. And everyone was ready to say the 49ers season was over, including myself. I'm not going to revise history and act like I knew that they were going to go on a big run. Uh, and so you can look at that and say, well, that's a good thing for the 49ers. They at least have experience doing it. But I remember coming into this year talking to various 49ers about, like, what's, what are some of the keys to, like, making sure – uh, that they can you know, be in contention late in the season. And they all said to a man, we don't want to go through what we did last year, which was 
basically all of November and December, JB, was them playing playoff games. They yeah. had to they had to win those games uh, to stay in the race, and they don't want to go through that again. And so as crazy as it sounds, because it's only one game difference, but the difference between three and five and four and four for this team, if they go into their bye, is massive because they'll get more guys coming back off of injury following the bye, which can help kind of bolster things a little bit. They had a ton of injuries this year, but the one thing they haven't had a ton of is guys out for the season. There's a couple of key ones, Trey Lance, and I mentioned Emmanuel Mosley, but if they can get those reinforcements and they can do it at four and four, and not only four and four, JB, they'd be three and zero at the NFC West, right? Uh, which the way the division is shaping up right now, that could be very key later in the season too, when you're starting to get into tiebreakers and things like that for the division. So, yeah, I don't think it's over. I'm not going to call it a must-win game because, like you said, it's still October. But as close as you can have to one at this point in the season, I think that's what this is for the 49ers. Yeah, I think that last point you make is really well said because as of right now, San Francisco is the only team in the West without a division loss. Seattle has one, the Rams have one, and Arizona is yet to win a game in the division. So always appreciate your insight, Nick. Safe travels down to SoFi Stadium, and we look forward to catching up with you again this weekend. You got it, JB. We'll see you on Sunday. All right, there he goes. Nick Wagner from ESPN. He covers the San Francisco 49ers. On the other side, DeMarco Farr is back, and we'll take a closer look at that NFC West and just how competitive, flat but competitive, the NFC playoff picture really is. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. Final segment of Rams All Access before we turn our attention to Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Hope you can be there. If not, we'll be on the radio side right here on 710 ESPN. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, let's take a lap around the NFC West. Uh, first game on the docket, the 3-4 and four Cardinals against the 5-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. That's in the early window, Cardinals and Vikings. Wow. Uh, are you, how are you feeling about the Vikings these days? Dalvin Cook is back, throwing balls into the stands now. I I think I'm buying. I think I'm a believer. Yeah. Uh, the Kirk Cousins situation will always give me pause, but yeah. I have to remind myself that the coaching staff is different and that they are aligned, uh, relatively healthy. And also you look at the rest of that division. Green. It might be worth talking about Green Bay here for a second. Uh, go for it. I yeah. mean, Aaron Rodgers calling out his teammates while he's not and able coaching to practice. Staff, same way, right? Yeah. The Packers are three and four, if I'm not mistaken. They're at Buffalo this week, and their next game is against undefeated Philadelphia. Right. It'll be really curious to see what Green Bay is like by the time we get there Christmas Monday. I, I don't feel December. comfortable ever rooting against Green Bay or counting them out because of Aaron Rodgers. But regardless of your feelings about whether or not the Vikings yeah. are really a five and one team. I don't know how you can make a case for anyone else in the division. Like they are the class True. of the NFC North right now. It's never that Kirk Cousins is he's been horrible. He's just not elite. He's been prolific in many regards. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a very he's a great driver or he's a good driver for a great car. And I think they have a great car. I know he's had his ups and downs too, but he's the more consistent, reliable of the two quarterbacks playing in this game. Unbelievable. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, unbelievable. Um You think the Vikings get the Cardinals? I do. Um, the, the Cardinals are hard to figure because of Kyler Murray and because of the way they run their football team, run their offense. If Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are on the same page and Kyler's feel, feeling good about himself, they can beat anybody. But if the opposite is true, then they can lose just about anybody. So I would say Minnesota wins this football game. All right, so the Rams will be the game of the week, America's game of the week on Fox. Uh, 49ers and Rams, neither team with a winning record. The game of the week really – is in Seattle. Yeah. The Giants 6 and 1. The Seahawks 4 and 3. Unbelievable. 
Which one's more unbelievable? I would say the Giants. The Giants has to be because of the division that they play in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how they're doing it. Well, Saquon Barkley was drafted to be this guy. Oh, my gosh. And does he look fantastic? He looks like a, an absolute Some monster. of the runs he had against Jacksonville last week were. Then again, Jacksonville could have easily handed the Giants their second loss last week and maybe should have. So, um, But meantime, Pete Carroll is at it again. It seems like he, uh, I, I guess the, the lone survivor in this whole thing between coach and players, it seems like Pete Carroll made the right choices. Especially if you look at what's going on in Denver with with Russell Wilson. I mean, just wow, unbelievable there. And the dismantling of that defense piece by piece. But Geno Smith is playing inspired football. And they are playing inspired football because of him. Who do you like in that game? (sighs) I'm going to go with Seattle. Yeah, I think Geno Smith is getting better. Hard to pick against them, and their defense is playing great, too. Yes. I, I have been guilty of this more often than anyone else. When the schedule is released, I'm like, two, two games against San Francisco in October? No 49ers, like, NFC Championship game rematch in week 17 or 18? Nope. Like, what's going on here where the only division opponents left on the back half of the schedule are the Seattle Seahawks? Do they not think that the 49ers and the Rams are the two best teams in the division? All that to say... If the Rams can beat the Niners and send them to the bottom of the division, the league schedule makers might look pretty good come December and January when it's L.A. and Seattle maybe playing for the West ticket. It's funny. Look, uh, I know this thing with the 49ers and there's hatred there, but it seems like you always have to go to and through Seattle Hmm. to win this division, right? Especially in the Pete Carroll era. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so those are the division games with the Giants and the Seahawks playing opposite the 49ers and the Rams. Ready for playoff eliminator contest? Let's get it. Let's bring the audience up to speed because it's been a couple of weeks. DeMarco and I draft teams throughout the regular season that we think are finished, are cooked, will not be a part of the NFL's postseason. Each team that does fail to make the postseason, that's eliminated, is a point. So, for instance, I have drafted so far the Jets, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Panthers. DeMarco has drafted the Texans, the Raiders, and the Commanders. Each of those teams, if eliminated, would be worth a point. However, if any of those teams makes the NFL playoffs, we are cooked. We are done. We are eliminated. I've got some trouble. I've got the 5-2 <laughs> and two Jets. I've got those 4-3 and three Seahawks. The Falcons and the Panthers, both with losing records in the South, probably looking better. But I've got some issues. However, I have a wild card. I have a free eject button to utilize because you got rid of the Miami Dolphins earlier this season. I hate you, Adam, for talking me into that. Uh, You're great with the Texans, Raiders, and Commanders, and you also have the T, DeMarco. I had the last pick of this draft with the Carolina Panthers. That was prior to uh, the Rams beating the Panthers. So you can go first if you have a pick in mind for this week. You probably hate Coach Speak as much as I do, but if the season ended today... The Jets would be the five seed in the AFC. Ooh. <laughs> right, no doubt. Uh, let's see. I have the Texans, the Raiders, and the Commanders. Wow, I got a smorgasbord here. You know what? I'm going to do something um, that goes against my nature. Okay, well, let me guess. Go ahead. You were thinking about picking the Steelers previous weeks. You just couldn't pull the trigger on it. Right now, uh, in point, dip, they're just getting murdered, the, the Steelers are. And it doesn't look like the, the needle's pointing up. I don't think Mike Tomlin gets fired at the end of this. Do you? Oh goodness, no. Even if he's they, got tenure, if they get buried, uh, not just miss the playoffs. I mean, absolutely get buried. Um, 
I'll take Pittsburgh, and I hate even saying that. Did I talk you into it, or was that really no, the no. team that you were? I was, you know, hovering around Pittsburgh two weeks ago, and it's not getting better for them. I, I don't see Ben Roethlisberger walking through the door or any sort of savior there. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Pittsburgh and be comfortable about it. I will put you down for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there's really no incentive for me to make a pick this week. I can always just sit and wait until next week. Some good choice uh I want yeah. the I want the Lions right now, but I think I might just see you next week. Is that okay? That's fair. I think I'll go first next week, and I have, you know, underscored the Detroit Lions at one and five. We'll I see what happens love it. There. Um, Detroit. Did you see the 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 quotes coming out of Detroit about Jared Goff? Not about Jared, more about the head coach. Well, about kind Jared of the vote Goff. of confidence in there. What were the ones about Jared? Jared turned the ball over four times. I think he got it stripped twice. Yeah, and at the said, end of that game, yeah. he's saying he's got to work on bad habits. How many years he's been in the league now? Yeah. That's not bad habits. That's just who you are. Yeah, and I love the guy. I do. No, that's, no. that's just who. He, that's just who he is. Yeah. So, what were the what were the quotes about the coach? Uh, just kind of like, not he's not the problem, but like oh, okay. the, the the vote of confidence, like ah, uh, from the owner. I did see that, and I, yeah. I can't think of a coach who's been uh, on the losing end so often who still has so much fan Detroit and also national sentiment on his side. Like it seems like. Everyone really does want Dan Campbell to succeed there. I I do. I really do. Uh, who who else says biting kneecaps? You know <laughs> is that why? It's because he's so quotable. I mean, look, he's he's an every guy. You know yeah, what I mean? You I want do. that guy to to do well, but he's, he's what Detroit. Four, eight, four eighteen and one, right? He is Detroit. Boy, dude. yes, he is. All right. Uh, final thoughts on our matchup, the featured matchup, once again for the fifth time in the trailing 12 months. The San Francisco 49ers and your Los Angeles Rams. You know me, I'm a little left of center. And you know how I feel about this group, this matchup, this football team. So, And I know you hate saying it this early in the year, but this is a must win. You heard Nick Wagner say that essentially on behalf of the 49ers. You gotta have it. Yeah, so they're feeling the same way. They're feeling desperate, but I think you need a breakthrough performance. And it, it couldn't come at a better time versus the right opponent, these guys. You can get the psychological edge off your back. You can, It's another win. You'll be above 500, and you'll just set yourself up emotionally for this stretch run for the, the next 11 weeks. And it only starts with winning number one, but absolutely hammering the 49ers at home would be huge. You know what I just thought of? I'm what? so glad you finished on that note because for much of the first two months, we've said, and Sean McVay has said, no style points, right? A win is a win is a win. And the last time the Rams played, that was very much the space that we were in. Carolina is terrible. They're coming to your place. Your buy is next. Just win. Get the W. And figure out the rest during your week off. I think we've now reached the point of the season where, hey, if you offer me a contract right now that Red ugly win, take it or leave it. I'd sign that paper before it was off the printer. I'm sure you would too. Absolutely. But if, if not style points, it's time to see some substance. Yes. Right? We'll be watching the score. That's of primary importance. But the way the Rams play, especially on offense, it's time. It's overdue in my heart. I'm right there with you. And who was it uh, that took a knee with a chance to score with two seconds to go? Forget that. If you have a chance to bury him, bury him. If you can run it up, <laughs> run it up. Absolutely. Go for it. You need it. Your fan base needs it. Your team needs it. I'm not going to take it that far. Like if you're offering me Matthew Stafford in victory formation, I want him to take that snap and take that knee. Don't run another play. Don't risk any harm. But but I, I understand what you're getting at. Halfback where... pass for me, man. <laughs> Let's go. Let's score. Absolutely. The, that choice would be a 
champagne problem to steal an expression from the head coach of your Los Angeles Rams. All right, here we go. Rivalry week, and it is so great to be back from the bye. As healthy as the Rams have been since training camp, who knows? Maybe as healthy as they will become all season. There's a long way to go. 11 games, and it will be grueling. It is a gauntlet. Maybe not as uh, difficult as it looked from the summer, based on what some of the other teams in the NFC have done. But there's nothing easy about a trip to Tampa Bay. There's nothing simple about a trip to Green Bay in December. We'll get there when we get there. Right now, the task, a home game against the 49ers. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. So glad that you choose to join us here on 710 ESPN.